Welcome to the fifth season of The Coaching Cast, your working from home club. We're here to remind you that you're not alone, that we're in this together, all striving to make sense of today's working world. Regardless of where you're working right now or whatever you do as a career, we've got something for you here at The Coaching Cast. I'm Lisa, founder of Grip Corporate Coaching, personal performance coach, leader, and chief eye roller when it comes to all nonsensical corporate mumbo jumbo, which suffocates rather than advocates. And I'm Susie, coach and trainer at Future You Business Coaching, currently taking on my hardest coaching assignment to date, parenting a two-year-old who doesn't take too kindly to being questioned. In this podcast, we explore all the things impacting you, our CBBs, at work right now, presenting different topics each episode, which we will discuss with some special guests along the way, sharing ideas, hints and tips for you to take away and try for yourself, as well as having a few laughs whenever we can. We really hope you enjoy listening. planning the episodes for this fifth season, we asked you what you wanted to learn about and hear us discuss. One of the topics that many of you requested was understanding more about corporate social responsibility, CSR, and how it's evolved in our current society with the growing concerns about the cost of living, our community and the environment. Specifically, it's in respect of how businesses of all sizes, small, medium and large, can become much more socially responsible and in a way which works for each of their budgets. In response to your requests, we're really excited to welcome CSR and B Corp expert and consultant Danielle Thompson to the coaching cast. So stay with us and enjoy. So before we get Danielle onto the show today, Suze, how's your week been? Hello. Yeah, I am good. Thank you. It has been a week of heat waves, hay fever, not so good, actually, (laughs) (laughs) and highs, I would describe it as. Um, So yeah, heat wave, I have to say, I know not everybody enjoys the heat, but I am actually enjoying feeling the warmth of the sunshine for once it doesn't shine very much up here in the the north uh and actually on that note it's currently raining so it was sunny this morning it was really warm and now it's raining we're back to normal didn't last long it's very hot here but it's overcast it's really muggy I'm sure we'll get some rain later down here in the south yeah so um don't worry so yeah been enjoying it enjoying all of the um Heat wave side of things, probably less so on the sleep, actually. Sleep's a bit more annoying when it's really warm. But been able to tolerate it. Um, yeah, hay fever is on the up as well. So I am a little, I might just cough and sneeze at any point. <laughs> Eyes are like streaming already on today's episode. So please bear with. Um, and then, yeah, highs. So had a really in a uh, lovely weekend because um, in terms of a high, my grandpa, so my dad's dad, uh to 90 amazing amazing what an achievement yeah so we had a big fat well we had two things so that he had he put on a party which we went to which honestly was brilliant in a number of ways 
one so it was at this like massive social club that we used to go to as kids and the last time I was there I was actually thinking about before we went was about 20 years ago right so not been for a long time well it's not changed at all (laughs) it's exactly the same as how I remember (laughs) kind of 20 years on um so yeah there was um a live music so there's there's a guy called ombre he's a um country and western singer he was he was the uh the entertainment for the evening so uh they were loving it all the oldest were loving it I was mainly just glad that nobody killed over because it was full of older people <laughs> like 90 odd yeah yeah and like at one point me and my cousin like my cousin is a nurse and she's like I am on alert in case <laughs> and I was like that's probably a good job. I was like, do we know where the defib is? Just in case we need it. Like probably something needed at a 90th birthday party. But no, everybody was fine. Everybody stayed alive. Everybody had a great time. My grumpy had had fun. So that was good. They were all up, up dancing, etc. Like, yeah, it was a really good um evening. And then we had a family barbecue the following day. Um, and it was glorious weather for that. So you got really lucky. That's the thing with a July birthday, isn't it? Like you well, benefit it's missed, from- isn't it? outdoor weather oh is it I think it's hit and miss this is you know I'm used to having a December birthday you don't have any expectation on the weather I'm the same because I'm a February birthday so we both have winter birthdays so I always think like it's going to be inside normally for me it's either snowing or raining like standard um so you don't have any other expectation I would love to be able to like do a picnic in a park or something like in the sunshine yeah like that would be amazing my sister's birthday is the 20th of June and I was always really envious of her birthdays. And actually, I have a vague recollection. I think I could be quite brattish on her birthday every year because I kicked <laughs> off every year because I felt it was it was suitably unfair that she got the sunshine and the outdoor parties and all the activities we could do in the sun because it was so nice and dry. But for me, I just got presents wrapped in Christmas paper, Christmas cards as birthday cards, joint, joint gifts. That was always joint annoying. Um, and yeah pretty much predominantly some sort of family gathering as an extension of everyone trying to catch up over Christmas on my birthday I mean I can see everyone now with their little miniature violins out I mean I clearly haven't fared that badly but yeah my birthday was always a gripe my friends always talk about it like oh poor old you you know because they know how much it winds me up oh my birthday's really close to valentine's day so like my husband's always like well you've got your birthday present i'm like no 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 these are two separate different situations not that we go big on valentine's just to be clear we aren't one of them couples we've been married a while like (laughs) no but you know maybe a card nice bunch of flowers but you know you can still do it just because my birthday's like a week yeah doesn't matter like yeah it's still separation there exactly i mean that's what my husband has to deal with that with christmas and birthday because yeah. I'm like, I'm like, well, it is two separate things. They're not the <laughs> same. Um, but oh well, happy birthday to your grampy. Grampy Reg. Happy 90th birthday. Happy 90th birthday, Reg. What a ledge. Yeah. Um, well, I was enjoying the sun as well, but I yeah. enjoyed it too much. So for anyone watching on YouTube, I've got a very attractive, not burn mark. So, you know, I, I spent five months in Africa, didn't get burned. I come home to Kent. Uh, on the weekend I was back in Kent again I get burnt I mean it's just infuriating I was wearing make it up I was wearing factor 50 sun cream since when was the sun stronger in the UK than it is in Africa I mean I've never known that well were you in Folkestone where was I at the time I was en route to Canterbury oh okay well only because you told me last week or the week before oh yeah I did 
that Folkestone is like the sunniest place. Apparently. It gets more hours yeah. of sunshine, according to my best mate Sarah, wow. than anywhere else in the country. But no, I wasn't in Folkestone. I was en route to Canterbury. But I mean, I literally look like I've been brandished by a hot iron. You and do. it feels that way. It's so painful still. It's so annoying as well. Like, thank God that I've got long hair and I can cover it up. It's so embarrassing. I do think getting burnt as an adult is just, it's just mortifying. Like, have we not learnt by now about sitting in the shade, applying sun cream? Oh, I just hate it. I just find it so embarrassing. So yeah, brandished by a hot iron. That's what it looks like. Cover it up with one of my spaniel ears. <laughs> it's the only way to deal with it. Um, but other than that, it was great. Big shout out to my Kent family, friends, continuing. Kent crew. The Kent crew. Yeah, I had a great time celebrating my uh, best friend Katie's birthday, uh, who oh. is. Um, so, yeah, so it was lovely. I think it was one of the first social occasions I've had with them since before COVID, which is a bit mad. Um, so, yeah, so it was lovely. And um, yeah, so big shout out to Katie, whose actual birthday is today. Yeah, 12th of July, we're recording today, guys. So, yes, yeah, you'll be listening to this the following week. Oh, but it's her birthday, birthday today. So, happy birthday to Katie. Well, it's been a weekend of birthdays, isn't it? Because we've had great, we've had Grampy Reg is yeah. 90, your friend Katie. And also it's been our guest today. It was her birthday. Yes, weekend, at the weekend. Danielle. That is very true. That is very so true. So we've got a birthday vibe going on in yeah, this we have. episode. For definite. So should we get cracking and uh, get Danielle onto the programme? Let's do it. So we asked you what you wanted to learn about and hear us discuss in this fifth season of The Coaching Cast. And many of you requested an episode focused on corporate social responsibility, CSR, specifically how it's evolved in our current society with the growing concerns that many of you have about the cost of living, climate change in the environment, the loss of community and health and well-being. COVID, climate change issues and other recent world events have caused many of us to question what and whom is important to us and how can we give and help that bit more? How can we all live in a much more caring, responsible and less damaging way? You all work in very different size organisations and many of you are self-employed or have your own businesses. One challenge is who has to be socially responsible and is obliged to be, and how can you be more socially responsible if this is actually part of your values and your business objectives, especially if budgets are tight? So we are very excited to welcome CSR and B Corp expert and consultant Danielle Thompson, founder of Unthread Advisory, to today's show to help us unpick these questions and concerns and help us all understand what being socially responsible means for small businesses today. Danielle founded Unthread Advisory to help small and micro businesses build businesses that are better for society without compromising on financial success. Danielle achieves this by providing accessible advice and practical support in the form of group programs and learning workshops. Unthread was inspired by building a better working world for her stepchildren, nephew and niece. And the word Unthread is made up of their initials because without them, Unthread would not exist. Welcome, Danielle, to the coaching cast. Hello. I'm so excited about this conversation. <laughs> so am I. Welcome. <laughs> so am I. I really feel like you're going to completely, like enrich my brain with new information oh, I hope so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I like a bit of pressure no so my husband said to me this morning he said oh what are you and uh, Susie talking about in the coaching cast this morning and I went mm, 
I can tell you what the title is and what we're hoping to achieve. I said, but I can't do the topic any justice because actually this is going to be a great episode where I learn and um, really help me to better understand social responsibility in today's world and especially B Corp because I do find that fascinating. Uh Um, And I tried to give him my kind of pocked view of what that meant and he just went, I haven't understood a single thing. (laughs) So I said, that's fine. You can actually, you know, listen to this conversation with Danielle after we finish recording. Uh, and hopefully he'll learn something. Hopefully, um, yeah. yeah. So let's start exactly with this then. Um, what does corporate social responsibility mean to you, Danielle? Yeah, so and it's and a good sort of starting point, really, because I think there's a potentially a bit of a negative connotation when it comes to CSR. So I know from my corporate background, CSR was um, certainly, you know, sort of 10, 15 years ago was a sort of a bolt on. It was a department that existed somewhere in a big company. And every so often employees would get wheeled out to go and paint a school wall or dig a garden or something. And that was tagged as kind of CSR where it's and I think that's done it a bit of damage. And actually, when you sort of think about it logically, it really is quite simple. So it's about corporates but I mean corporate as in a a commercial organization a business whatever of whatever size and I think that's really important but a business being socially responsible and thinking about how they as a business can benefit society in some way and that can be so is so wide and diverse and interesting that it's not just about rocking up for a day and doing a piece of work it's actually about thinking my business how can I have a positive impact on society yeah. and that really is it that's what it's all about but I think this kind of CSR tag kind of went sort of grew legs and not very good ones in some <laughs> yeah there's a bit of an overhang there isn't there yeah, from like our so. past experiences I certainly have painted a hospital porter cabin in uh Wimbledon <laughs> about 11 years ago it's got my handiwork on it <laughs> if it still exists I mean if it still exists I'm assuming they might have like yeah. revamped it by now yeah I was an absolute pro at the masking tape before yeah. they got going I think yeah. I think there's probably quite, probably quite a few of those like very nice <laughs> walls around yeah. the <laughs> I think I helped to clear a primary school garden somewhere in yeah. Reading yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I say helped. I think I, <laughs> I think I supervised from memory. I'm not and particularly green fingered. And there's always like nothing wrong with that at all. And we're kind of joking about it, but it, it really does come down to is there actually a benefit? Did that school or hospital need that wall painting? <laughs> Has that actually helped them in any way? Or would something else have been more benefit? Yeah. So I think that's so I think that's where it sometimes has kind of got bad connotation shall we say but actually when you think about it really logically and really simply it is about businesses having a positive impact on society yeah that's really what it's about yeah I think it's interesting because I like those examples we shared I think you're right it they may well have helped it's not that they didn't but I know at the time I found the whole kind of process of it quite disingenuous because I felt that we were doing something to tick a box and if anything to get the team out of the office for the day but not really like under the guise of we're doing something helpful and having fun but I mean it as I said it just never really felt 
that it was as big as it could have been. Yes. And I think definitely for the size of organisations I worked for, you know, I definitely worked in that larger end of the corporate world. I didn't work for a smaller micro business. And I think that's definitely where there's got to be surely some differentiation around yeah. the size of what everyone does, because they'll do what they can afford to do. Yeah, of course. But I suppose that's probably where that disingenuous part at times mm. came in for me, because I thought, God, surely we've got a bigger budget to do something a bit more impactful than, you know getting me and five of my guys or how 10 of them I think there was a time um, that I had raking a, a, a like flower bed you could have at least got like Nick Knowles in from DIY yeah, quite. SOS. <laughs> yeah. yeah that would have yeah, been impactful yeah definitely I think, I think also to your point around yeah I think the corporate of CSR doesn't help as well because yeah. by again by its nature we see this as something for the corporates and we see this, you know, you need a CSR team and you need a CSR budget and it's people who are dedicated to this. And, and actually that's, again, that's not the case at all. Obviously that if you're a big business, you might have a social impact area of department and expertise, but it doesn't need to be corporate social responsibility. It can be any business of any shape or size. Um, so again, I just think that can be misleading and can kind of, and it's a shame because actually a lot of businesses want to be socially responsible. And so it's about how does that apply to them? Yeah. And making it more inclusive for mm. everybody. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So how did you get into this field of work, Danielle? So, yeah. So like I say, I had a corporate career um, in, a, in the energy industry who um, historically and, and increasingly are very much aware of their role in society and on the environment, obviously. Um, and then I started working for a smaller business, an SME, who were very, very purpose driven, and um, but almost didn't know it and didn't. It wasn't a kind of conscious strategy. It was just the culture of where they were. And what I noticed there was you've got and I sort of ran this agency in a very purposeful way. And I sort of thought, actually, wouldn't the world be brilliant if all companies thought like this? But in order, especially for small businesses, you have to do that as, and still be commercial and still be able to deliver a profit and still grow and do all the financials. And sometimes I felt, especially working in that organisation, that you either had to choose between being purposeful or profitable. And you almost had to choose which one you were and then you couldn't do both. So if you were a purpose driven organisation like this one was, you were constantly sort of feeling like you weren't growing or being commercial. And so I started looking into how can we bring those two worlds together? And so, and that's where I started finding out about things like B Corp and started helping people with that. So when I went self-employed, that was just a clear, obvious route to go down because it brings all my kind of commercial background and business background, but very much with my passion about doing things in a socially responsible way and bring those, that kind of as a business model and then saying, and so my mission is all about making, balancing profit and purpose, just business as usual. Mm. It's just, that's how businesses run. It's not this kind of choice that people currently feel like they need to make. You absolutely can do both things. You can be unashamedly commercial. You can be driving for growth. You can be financially astute, but at the same time, do things that are good for the world and, a, and your business is a force for good. If you can get that sort of, a more of an adopted model and the world would be a much better place <laughs> it would indeed I love yeah. that summary that's a very like and that story actually that's a very simple and clear way of um 
articulating what mm. you actually mean in terms of like today's like CSR definition, I suppose. Mm. Um, and as a business uh, owner myself, I could totally now see, okay, how do I now take this and think about what that means for me and my business? Because maybe this isn't quite as big and as abstract and as scary as I may have initially thought. Yeah, and I think I think that's a really kind of key point is that because if you imagine, we've all been taught, anyone who's done any kind of business education, you know, I've done an MBA, you get taught a certain way of the way that businesses are. And that's that's obviously changing, but you, you and there's not that many examples out there. So you just think, well, this is just how business is, is we do need to work in this way. Well, actually, there is a whole growing sector of organisations now who are going, no, no, you don't need to. You can absolutely do both. And by the way, if you're purposeful, it rewards you commercially as well. And here's the tools and frameworks and things you need in order to do that. But you're right. If if that's just, it can be really confusing for people and people kind of go, well, I just don't know what that looks like. Mm. So what process do you go through with businesses to identify what is going to work for them mm. best and, and how they achieve this um, balance between being, purposeful and financially and commercially successful in that much more responsible way that is better for everybody yeah so where I always start is look at and you know most businesses have got some kind of mission statement or some kind of um value of vision and I saw and I really look at it and say okay what's your positive impact statement so think about your mission statement, but think about it from a social and environmental perspective. What basically, what do you want your business to stand for in a, in a social or environmental perspective? So, for example, if you are um, somebody who works in an industry that's very male dominated, you might say, actually, my the positive impact I want to have is to increase diversity in my sector. That's a, a positive legacy that I can, my business can help deliver. Or it might be, um, you know, my local community um, where we're based um, has a high level of homelessness, for example. And I think I want my business to help support and help address that issue in my local community and it, and, and everything else in between. Social mobility, um, environmental issues, um, all those things can all kind of form part of this. But it's really looking at what's the positive impact you want your business to create and almost write that as a like a mission statement, basically, but really sort of consciously thinking about the positive impact you want to have. Because I think if you start there, firstly, you can get quite excited about this and you can kind of think, oh, oh yeah, I could really do this. I could really help change the world. Mm. And then and then from that, you can be a bit, but it also helps you to be a bit more targeted. So rather than saying, right, I want to solve world poverty, you go, I want to solve or I want to help um address homelessness in my local community yeah okay well you've got somewhere to go with that then and it does it's then suddenly not so overwhelming but still quite inspirational so I always sort of try and start there Mm. um, and get people to just think that through yeah so that's interesting so yeah so actually the difference you can make on your doorstep yeah because actually I do I do think sometimes we are a bit guilty of like we go really big with everything mm. first don't we I can do that a bit to the yeah. point where I can be a bit like um I make it really ta- challenging for myself straight yeah. away rather yeah. than think of like the small steps to build up to the bigger things yeah. and actually 
it's it's realizing that that difference you can make even locally is positive in in itself yeah. and um, like going back to our hospital and school example if you've sat down and you've said you know i really do want to help my local primary school offer a better education and provide a, a inspirational environment for local children if that's the positive social benefit you want your business to help with then then it might be digging a garden at that local school is the right answer yeah but it's because you've 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 started from what I call your kind of outcomes first. You've got yeah. what is the outcome you're trying to deliver. And on the flip side, you can also be quite ambitious. You can say, I do want to make engineering less male-dominated. So what can I what role can I play there? So it's just sort of what what are you passionate about? I think that's the important thing, is especially if you're a solopreneur or in a very small business, why what do you care about? What issues really really hack you off when you think you know mm. what I can play a role in solving this because I think if you if you start there and you start unpicking that that will then help you with okay what does this mean for my business how do I make it commercially viable what's the best way of addressing this how do I make sure that I'm I'm actually helping this issue um but the starting point is is trying to work out what role you can play in this space yeah. yeah it's really interesting that you talk about that so I'll just share a story so I'm very much in my business I've got my own coaching and training business and I'm very much at the start of this and I think I mentioned it last time we we spoke Danielle like I am I'm a voluntary business mentor for the self-employed in Greater Manchester something I've been doing for coming up to a year now um, and that's a voluntary role and that was something I felt incredibly passionate about because not everybody has the personal development opportunities that I may have had um, in my career and in my life to date for various reasons. And I wanted to make sure that that didn't happen, that everybody does have those opportunities as much as they can. And I could play a role in supporting that. But I have really struggled with not the work itself, like, like that has been amazing. And I, I get so much joy from it. But I wanted to talk about it. And I did last week on my LinkedIn because I was like, I've actually concluded with one of my mentors, um, my mentee, sorry. And um, I felt really conflicted talking about it. And the reason I felt quite conflicted talking about it was because when I wanted to kind of provide I suppose my story and provide some inspiration to people think oh I could do that and then it kind of goes from there but secondly um I felt like well is this just not about me and my ego here actually the fact that I'm talking about it and I felt really conflicted about how do I actually communicate this passion that I have around supporting people who don't have these opportunities for whatever reason and that I'm doing this because I feel very passionate about it but in a way that still feels authentic genuine and I was all over the place I'll be honest <laughs> that's really interesting because I think and a lot of people do struggle with that and I think that and I and this I think comes from the people who perhaps haven't done it as in, in an authentic way and it has been you know you know, kind of greenwashing or purpose washing as it is often called and I sort of come back to is if you're genuine which you evidently are but if you're genuine if you've done that exercise and you've sort of thought about and this is going to be part of my business it's it's something I really genuinely care about yeah I'm genu- I am doing that work and it is having an impact there is absolutely no reason why you shouldn't shout it from the rooftops and let everybody know because one it's it, it 
it's good for your business. And going back to our commerciality, it helps you with your reputation. It might be good PR. Customers will be more attracted to you because of what you stand for. And not only do you say you stand for it, you actually do it, um, which is a huge part of that. But also it has a ripple effect. So by seeing more companies doing those kind of things, and hopefully you'll inspire, inspire others. So there's so as long as you're genuine, and which you evidently are, and most people who go through this space, in my experience, do are genuine, then there's absolutely no reason at all why you shouldn't make the most of, of the benefits of that. Um, mm. because, because you are doing it. You're not, you're not, you're not yeah. to. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I am yeah. biased probably because I am your friend, but I saw your post and I thought it was a great post. And actually, I thought it was really insightful because I think it's something that you're doing that no one really knows about that you exactly. do. And you know, even, I mean, you and I talk every most days actually, and I didn't really know too much about the fact that you do it, which is ridiculous yeah. actually, because we've been friends for years and you've been doing it a whole year, but you, because you don't really share it. And actually when you shared that post, I found it really interesting and really inspiring. And I was like, oh, isn't that great? That there's something like that in Greater Manchester. I wonder if there's anything like that exactly. down in the exactly. South. Like I am, and I started thinking, oh, I'm going to try and find out because if Susie's able to support people in Greater Manchester, there must be something surely down here. So I think that's um, like your point, Danielle, is actually it inspires others to think Uh, about the things they could be doing that maybe they just hadn't thought about or didn't realise. And I think think going back to your question around the commerciality of this is what I find a lot, and it really surprises me, is so many businesses are doing amazing things, genuinely brilliant stuff, but the one they just don't talk about it, and often they don't realise that what they're doing is great. Okay. So it's sometimes you need someone like me coming in, going, "You really should be talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, really good." And it, I mean, on the caveat that it is genuine, mm. because that's a whole that's a whole different conversation. But on the basis that it is, then like you say, it inspires others. It, it's got great commercial benefits. It attracts employees. It attracts customers. There's really no downfall the bit that people get worried about is they're being called out and kind of being and virtue signaling mm. greenwashing and all but actually if you're genuine then you've got nothing to worry about mm. and I do get to the point where I'm like oh my god like you can't do like right for doing wrong it's mm. like I don't know why I do think as a society we're obsessed with like criticizing each other yeah. it's like if you do something terrible you get criticized fair enough but now there are people picking holes even when you're trying to do something good mm. and I just think oh my goodness and like stop people and that's that's really frustrating is it's like you said people genuinely do think I shouldn't shout about this because I'm worried that yeah you know somebody might call me out or I, maybe I, I missed a month so I haven't quite done it 12 months you know there's all sorts of things happen but actually the more people talk about it and going back to you know my kind of overall mission is that then becomes the norm. You then become, hopefully one day, it becomes not acceptable to not have that yeah. kind of social community yeah. bedded in at yeah. whatever size of company. So the more people talk about it, the better. I think as well, to build off that, like the future of the workforce or the working population, you know, the future generation, they already are a lot more in tune than perhaps previous generations around what social impact businesses are having, what environmental impact they are. Mm -hmm. And 
you know and they're a lot more educated i think and and so they look for that and they want to see that you know certainly for organizations they may go and work for in the future that's a very important criteria now in decision making yeah, isn't it absolutely completely and again that's from a commercial point of view is that by by talking about that stuff and having that out there you're more likely to attract customers you're more likely to attract talent Mm. And, and it's only going to increase it's not going to go down is it so. mm, yeah well I mean I feel exactly the same way like I know you know when I'm looking at the organizations that I want to support it's those who are really advocating in my opinion like genuinely mm. like mental health and well-being because mental health is really like yeah. a real important topic for me and something I'm really passionate about and and if I can't see an organization talking about it or supporting it or even I suppose there's an element of like being creative in the way they look after their people yeah. I'm just I'm just not that interested in them but it's those that who I think are doing really different things and respecting people for being people and supporting mm. them to you know have a good work-life balance that I'm like oh yeah I'd really like to go and support mm. them and you know chat to them about coaching and you know things like that but so I, I I definitely think that's a more prominent thing I think that's what's come out of COVID as well though because yeah. obviously the the whole remote working debate and giving people um, that ongoing flexibility that they've now become accustomed to. That's like such a hot topic at the moment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we shouldn't be forced to go back to work in an office five days a week. And I just think so many more people are attuned to what's important to them now Mm -hmm. and what they want and having that realization of actually, and I might be able to get it if I just ask for it or, like you know seek out the opportunities that suit it mm-hmm. um so yeah I definitely yeah, think it's totally. a thing so on that note then of like what's more becoming more and more prominent um B Corp so <laughs> yeah. this was the main confusing point for me and my husband in the kitchen about okay. an hour ago <laughs> because Let's clarify that I said oh we're talking about social responsibility and um B Corp certification or you know with yes, the, with uh, Danielle and my husband was like, I have no idea what B Corp is. And now, to be fair, I didn't really know anything about B Corp either until I read a book written by Ruby Wax that came out early last year. Where, I, as usual, Susie will be like, oh, for God's sake, again, I can't remember what it's called. My reference citing is pretty terrible. I always remember the authors or the speakers. I just can't remember <laughs> what things are called. But essentially, she was writing a book about how, look, the world might be going a little bit to crap at the moment, but there are really good things actually yeah. happening. And um, one of it was she did go and speak to Patagonia, you know, oh, like okay, the famous yeah. Um, yeah. clothing brand in America who, um, you know, a famously B Corp certified. Mm-hmm. And she talked a bit about B Corp in that. And that was the first time I'd even ever yeah. heard of it. But it's, again, I know it's something that you um, offered, Daniel, mm. support with, and it's becoming more and more prominent. I'm seeing more organisations on my LinkedIn feed saying yeah. we're going for B Corp certification. Um, but what actually is it? Yeah, okay. <laughs> so B Corp is essentially, it started out in America, but it's basically, exactly as I was saying at the beginning, it's basically kind of a new way of doing business. And it's a certification you can go through to say that you meet the highest standards of social and environmental responsibility. So the idea is, and the way I kind of describe it is, you've got your kind of average business that has never really thought about this stuff. Then you've got the businesses who have thought about this stuff and done some good stuff. Then you've got B Corp, kind of a level above. And they really do kind of stretch what good looks like. And it's all about your business being a force for good. So, um, and it essentially is a process any business can go through of any size, any sector, assuming you don't sell weapons or anything. And... Um, 
but you can go through the certification and then you go through the process which is quite lengthy at the moment but you go through the process and eventually hopefully if you meet the standards and you get verified you can use the b corp sort of logo on your packaging on your website um, and then you join this kind of B Corp movement. And it's essentially really trying to drive exactly like I was talking about this new business model for how businesses in the future should exist. And I sort of, and the whole movement is around that just being all businesses. So mm. all businesses essentially become B Corps. Um, but it's an accreditation that goes across um, to look at your governance, to how, you, how you're managed, how your business is set up, how you make decisions. It looks at customers. So how do you serve your customers? How do you make sure you're delivering value? Uh, community, which is what we're talking about. So your local community, your wider society, how you're helping to solve societal issues um, and environment. So what are you doing to protect the environment, restore the environment, be environmentally aware? And then employees. So how do you look after the people that you work with? And you basically have to meet a minimum standard across collectively across those areas so it really is quite intense and it looks across your whole business but it kind of sets that standard for this is what a good business should look like Mm. Um, but the reason I like it so much especially for smaller micro businesses is it it just gives you a checklist of the things you should be thinking about Mm. it's all on there it's all free you don't pay anything until you submit and there's no obligation to submit your assessment if you don't want to And it's all that resources where you can go, okay, I want my business to be more of a force for good, to be more socially, environmentally responsible. I'm not sure, quite sure what that looks like. There you go. It's all there. There's everything you can ever imagine about your business. You can look at that and go, okay, these are some of the things I could start thinking about. Oh, wow. So it actually provides like the whole framework of how to, yeah. It's kind of like a hundred, a hundred odd questions. Um, across all those different areas and it varies depending on the size of your business and the sector and everything you're in um but it, in i don't know in community section it'll ask you about your charitable donations it'll ask you about your volunteering time it'll ask you about how you're measuring out outcomes of what you're doing it'll ask you about your diversity it'll ask you about diversity of your supply chain so if you're not sure and you'll go well i've never even thought about that well there you go that's something else for you to to be sort of thinking mm. about planning in so it's a really, really good sort of learning tool, even if you don't go for the actual certification. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. It is. And, and is it, that open to all sides of organisations, like from small, medium to, yeah. to the big, larger corporations? Absolutely. So it's any organisation. So a sole trader can, can go through it as well as a kind of multinational. Um, okay. What I would say is if you're... Um, so I think in this whole space, there's kind of two ways of being a force for good. Your business can be set up to, as a business model, which is an impact business model. So you specifically serve um, charities, for example, So or you specifically serve people who would struggle to get access to employment. So your, your whole business is there in order to do good. Yeah. And or it can be about how you run your business so if you're delivering coaching services for example and you're delivering coach coaching services to profit-led businesses you might not qualify for impact business model but how you go about that can be a force for good so you know how you employ your staff how you look after your um how you make decisions the, the social work you do um 
but for small businesses it can be quite difficult to get the points because you've simply not got the kind of the scope that a large business has yeah um but it's completely doable I've got clients who are you know sole traders single person businesses and they're heading towards submission so it's completely possible and doable mm. um, and it is open yeah open to everybody fascinating and what about the financials around this because I, I know you I heard you state you know it's very much free with B Corp until you submit mm. um but obviously that's not potentially the only cost involved in being socially responsible and environmentally responsible and I think often and I think you could be right in respect of what you said right at the start of this conversation there is a myth that I think sits around this topic because Mm. of the word corporate that has historically sat against social responsibility and that I think is given the sense that you can only be socially responsible if you've got a lot of money um but I think you know how can small businesses sole traders how can you do this recognizing the budget side of things and keeping it to a small type budget yeah and I think I think actually what the best way of doing that is to look at again going back to what the impact is you want to create and then being creative about how you do that I think people understandably kind of go straight to well I need to give charity donations you know one percent of the planet type thing which are brilliant and, and really good um but actually if you are a small business that just might not be feasible what I often advise people to do is look at the skills that you've got like you were saying Susie kind of look at the skills you've got and how can you utilize them in a way that can deliver positive impact for somebody else so for example I've got a client who are a marketing agency a small marketing agency and they offer one day of copywriting services to a local charity so they've got a copywriter in their team and she writes all their newsletters and um, kind of let, um, fundraising letters things like that she now that doesn't really cost them anything they are donating a day but it's it's a salaried person it doesn't really cost them anything per se but for that charity that's huge yeah commercial if they had to buy that resource in they just simply couldn't afford it and then the impact of the quality marketing so there's there's something about I think is not always jumping to I need to pay money out to do this um so how can you be creative but on the flip side of this there is a definite commercial advantage of doing this kind of work doing it in a genuine way and as Susie said shouting about it the PR related to it and the marketing because HBR have done some studies where something like 77% of customers will be attracted to a brand because of what they're doing from a social responsibility point of view so if you are doing this well and you are actively doing it in a genuine way and you're you're promoting what you're doing and you're sharing what you're doing then you should also see the commercial advantages of, of people being attracted to work with you over somebody else who perhaps isn't doing that so it kind of works both ways you can do it with quite limited resources and limited cash um, but you should also see a return on investment in terms of the time you are spending you should see that back from a commercial point of view as well as a kind of moral ethical advantages why people do it in the first place yeah because 77 percent that's massive that figure and there's like so many stats out there that just you know are that of that kind of level and the the growth of companies you know the growth of b corps i think i think there's a survey in 2017 
the growth of B Corp specifically in the UK was 28 times faster than the national average. Wow. Gosh. Because they're well managed, they look after their people, they treat their customers well. They obviously promote what they're doing, the social responsibility they stand for. Mm. And people actively look to work with B Corps and, and social responsible businesses. People go through the directory to find these, these businesses to work with. Um, so there's, def- there's definitely kind of a, a revenue commercial argument, but you can also do it. You don't have to necessarily like be pumping out thousands and thousands of pounds to yeah. various causes because, you know, a lot, it's just not possible. It's not, it's not feasible. Yeah. yeah I think I, it's recognizing the value that your skills have. That's a really yeah. important part. Yeah. Like, well, as I said, like, you know, what Susie's doing oh. with the business mentoring, it's, it's that notion of actually it's, it's not it's not just the exchange of cash actually your time is valuable and your skill set is valuable and you know that example you shared Danielle about the the marketing agency giving a day of copywriting to a charity like as you say actually that's massive (laughs) and I I think it's always recognizing that that actually it's high value to other people but it will be low cost to you yeah it's that you know yeah that's where it's about kind of being a bit creative. Yeah. I'm looking up, we've got another, there's um, an estate agent uh, down south, I think, and they linked up with a homeless charity. And because they were obviously in touch with people who were moving house from the estate agency, they would say to the people who are moving out, just so you know, we're linked up with this homeless charity. If you've got furniture and you're moving that you don't need or won't fit in your new house or whatever, and you're kind of stuck with it, we'll come and collect it, take it from you and take it to this homeless charity depot and they bought a van to to make that happen but they just sort of thought a bit creatively saying there's a homeless charity here who are desperately looking for furniture we've got people over here who are moving house trying to get rid of furniture we can you know there's yeah. very easy for us to link the two together and yeah absolutely and it doesn't cost them a lot really no. um so I think it's just thinking what are you trying to solve what issue do you think you can be part of solving and then thinking a bit creatively about how you can do that and what skills or access to skills you might have that could help. And I think as well, like going back to what you said before about if it's then important for you, so it's purpose led, mm. then actually when you come to, I don't know, give up that day's worth of time to support that individual or that organization, or um, you know, when you go to drive that van with that yeah. furniture, <laughs> you won't in some ways you know begrudge that because actually that's important to you like I never turned up to any of my sessions with my mentee thinking oh well this is a couple of hours out of my diary now which I'm not going to get back or I'm not getting paid for or whatever because it was important to me and that was something I wanted to do Mm. so you come at it your intent is different you come at it with a different perspective yeah um because it's important and it's purpose-led as you know as you mentioned and so I think that can't be underestimated and you and you kind of can't put a value on it because until you are in it and you do it the joy it gives you well certainly in my experience anyway I underestimated how much joy it would give me by by working with this particular individual and I think that's coming back to what we were talking about earlier around the kind of painting the school the wall yeah if, you're, if you don't quite know why you're doing it 
and you don't quite know what the outcome <laughs> benefit is. You just I'm just paying a wall, and I'd much yeah, there you go. I'd much rather just be at work because I don't quite know why I'm here. But if I don't here, think they knew the benefit of it when, <laughs> well, I was no, when they <laughs> took that masking tape off. If I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if there's the advantage of being in small businesses, you can kind of collectively look and go, you know, if you're on your own or in a small team, you can go, what do we want to what do we want to help here? What what issues do we want to help solve? Yeah. And then all the other pieces around it being commercial and good engagement, it just it's easy after that. Yeah. It's like a that's the byproduct. Yeah, yeah. isn't it? It's like actually you're it's being much more focused on you know what do we want to do why do we want to do it let's go do it and then anything that comes after that is kind of a bonus because actually we're helping people and like to your example Susie you're getting so much out of it as well and enjoying what you're doing and and feeling as though you're doing something that actually means something that's important um and then anything that else that happens that's also positive it's just a bit of a bonus isn't it That definitely feels a much more genuine way of doing things, rather than everyone going, how many volunteering hours have yeah, we got left in the year? Yeah. We need to use them up. Quick, quick, use your volunteering hours. You know, I swear people used to use them as though they were like extra holiday hours. It's yeah, like, quick, quick, we get out of the office for half a day. Let's lose it up before the finance tell us it's, it's renewed and we've got yeah. none left. Let's get a branded T-shirt on with oh, a company logo. Hell, yeah. hell on earth. No. Yeah, I just don't have any... It's so bad. I always feel guilty saying it as well, but I just as no, in, I think it's common. I, I think it's quite common. As in, like I don't feel like I sound like I appreciated it, which I to be honest, I didn't, because I think actually, Danielle, you nailed it, which was I didn't really know why I was doing what I was doing, yeah. other than and as I said, this is where the disingenuous part definitely comes in for me, ticking a box to go, we've done it, look yeah. what we did, and then sending it around the team yeah, like yeah. this horrible photograph of all of us looking slightly confused with a, like, <laughs> a, a trowel, you know, to like the, the department going, look what Lisa's team did last month. You know, it's that like, oh, God. Um, you know, and I'm, I don't, I don't even think I'm that much of a cynic, but I know I definitely was that person when yeah. one of my fellow colleagues sent me photos of what their team had done. I was just yeah. like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Danielle, to like wrap up this really fascinating mm. conversation, and it's, it's been so helpful and I can't thank you enough for making sense of something (laughs) for everyone that you know you've simplified it so nicely and made me realize actually I have to admit my brain's been ticking the entire conversation of all the things actually I think I could be doing and actually that I really want to do that I just I haven't done so I I definitely will tap it up but what what would you say were your like three top tips for our listeners around how they can be more um sort of active in this social oh. environmental responsible space i've specifically taken the word corporate out on purpose <laughs> not calling, i don't think it should be called csr i think it should be yeah, called exactly. sr yeah, I agree. this should be sr now <laughs> so i think first first thing is to really think about what positive impact you want your business to have um if you're really now sometimes it'll just come naturally so like susie's example you just kind of go there's something here i'm really passionate about that's what I'm going to focus on. Sometimes you might go, oh, I just don't know. It's it's all a bit overwhelming. A good place to look is the UN Sustainable Development Goals, which are all online. Um, and that is basically all the goals that the world should be working towards. So if you really are struggling to kind of go, I really don't know, or I don't, I'm kind of completely new to this space, then you can have a look through those and they'll give you all sorts of topics to look at diversity, social mobility, education, welfare, etc. So, but start with, what do I actually want? What positive impact do I want to create? The second thing is then look at what skills you've got in place that you could help 
to help help solve that problem. And again, if you're really struggling, try and find charities or not-for-profits that are help supporting the cause that you've identified. Because if you've got a social cause, the likelihood is there'll be some kind of not-for-profit or charity or community group that are trying to work towards it. So just talk to them, just have a conversation with them about where they're struggling, what support they might need. And then just think creatively about how you might be able to help them. Um, and then my third tip is is start small. So don't worry about, oh, God, I feel like I need to have this massive big strategy and I need to have it all mapped out. And mm. absolutely don't. Just you can start really, really small, um, whatever kind of makes sense to you and your business. And, but, and don't be afraid to tell people about it. Don't be afraid to tell and share your journey as you go through that because that has positive impacts both for you but also on a kind of wider front as well. I'm literally going to take all of these tips and start doing it. <laughs> I'm going to do them all. I'm literally like, yes, I can see it now. I'm literally like, I'm going to be better. I need to be a better <laughs> person. I probably need to sort out my carbon footprint. Shouldn't I see all my travels? That's probably the first thing I need to do. <laughs> she says, I'm flying to Madrid tomorrow, so I'm not oh, doing okay. very well already. Unless unless BA or Heathrow count oh, to my yeah, flight, obviously. You know. <laughs> Um, I won't I won't I won't start there because it's impossible for me right now (laughs) there's other things I can do to be helpful (laughs) well the the irony in terms of the timing of this episode yeah I know (laughs) I'm going to focus on the social responsibility (laughs) not the environmental and um, not yet I do recycle everyone um just add but yeah sorry sorry to all the cbbs out there i know i could do better with my environmental hat sorry but no thank you so much danielle it's been wonderful to have you here and honestly it's been such an educational hour absolutely i've loved it thank you so much yeah it's been brilliant huge amount So today we've been talking to Danielle Thompson, CSR and B Corp expert and consultant about social responsibility and how all of us can be a lot more socially and environmentally responsible, regardless of our budgets. So our top tips and recommendations from Danielle today, they're directly from her and and all of her wisdom are as follows. So number one, what positive impact do you want your business to have? So really think about what is really important to you. What gets you fired up? Number two, what skills do you have that can help solve that problem and help support the cause? And number three was just start small and share your journey. So don't be afraid to promote what exactly it is that you're doing, because if you're doing it genuinely, like Danielle described, Actually, it's the right thing to do because it helps you with your brand and promotion, but it actually is really inspiring for other people, like Susie's story has been for me. So don't worry if you can't remember all of these tips and recommendations. They will all be on our Instagram page at The Coaching Cast this week, and they will also be uploaded to our website as well. We hope you enjoyed today's episode with Danielle and have some new ideas to take away and try for yourselves. If you have any questions, thoughts or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us in three ways on email at hello at the coachingcast.co.uk, on Instagram at the coachingcast. And finally, you can contact us through our website, thecoachingcast.co.uk. 
Your support helps more than you know. So if you like what you've heard today and would like to help us grow this podcast, please, please, please do us a favor. Please. Yeah, please, (laughs) please leave us a review on the Apple podcast app. It's super easy. It doesn't take very long. You don't have to write an essay or anything. Just, Just write a couple of things, fill in the stars. But anyway, you have no idea how important these reviews are. Also, hit subscribe wherever you listen and give us a follow on Instagram at The Coaching Cast. And don't forget, you can always watch each episode on our YouTube channel by searching The Coaching Cast. And every episode is also available to watch on our website as well. Next week's episode is our season five finale. Oh, my Ah! goodness. I cannot believe we are here at this point already. This season has blown by I think we probably say that every time but it definitely feels like it's gone quicker because I was thinking about it and I swear we started recording this I was still in South Africa yeah I feel like I've been home for ages yeah like yeah we were you were yeah completely like mad isn't it I don't know it's still yeah crazy like so (laughs) next week's episode if I can get my head back together in terms (laughs) of thinking about how far we've come and what we've done we're going to be talking all about season five uh, what some of our favorite bits have been and also of course what our favorite bullshit bingo has been as well so it's going to be a fun-packed party-filled episode where we also celebrate and mark our 50th podcast episode as well during this season so yeah make sure you stay tuned next week We both love music and use it to motivate and energize us. So we like to finish each episode of the coaching cast with our personal song recommendation, giving you that extra bit of positivity and energy as you launch into your next meeting. It's my choice this week and I don't know about anyone else, but I have been hooked on Stranger Things. Now, I do feel like the rest of the world is also hooked on Stranger Things, if that's your kind of genre of programme. Susie's shaking her head. Susie loves reality TV. Stranger Things is in a whole different Too scary. Category. Too scary. Oh, you actually think it's scary? Yeah, Interesting. I, I can't. Too scared. I'm oh, sick. so I don't like horror films, but I love Stranger Things. Um, but I think, you know, I loved this song before Stranger Things. It's just made me love it even more. So I could not not choose Kate Bush running up that hill. It is a banger. Um, and... Big up to Kate Bush because I love the fact that she self-produced this song and owns all rights to it and is pretty much making a mint all over again on this second time round. So I'm like, good for you, Kate. Um, A true, amazing female businesswoman. So yes, it's a tune. So I hope you enjoy listening to it. So thanks very much, everyone, uh, for being here with us and listening to us chat to Danielle this week. We hope you have a good one. And remember... You've got this.